You are listening to Therapist Unplugged for straight talk on life, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Lori Poole, licensed professional counselor with the Montfort Group in North Dallas. Each episode will feature the unplugged views of guests and fellow therapists as we navigate hot topics, therapy trends, and the world around us. Welcome to Therapist Unplugged. This is your host, Lori Poole of the Montfort Group in Plano, Texas. And today I'm joined uh, by Corey Montfort, founder of the Montfort Group, my colleague and longtime friend. And we are here today, Corey, after kind of an absence. It's been yeah, long. yeah, too long. It's we're going to get better. Yeah, at we're going to get back at yeah get back in our groove with regular podcasts, but today we're going to talk about the art of apology. Mm, is there something you need to say to me? I uh, Well, not right this minute, but <laughs> if I did, I'd know how to say it, I think. So, one, I had a personal experience with a relative where I felt rather insulted, and I think after the conversation, that person realized, thought about it felt badly about it and emailed me with an apology Mm. that it said, I'm sorry for saying such and such, but I really think and so on and so forth. And then went on to explain themselves. And, you know, after reading that, I just thought, ugh, this is worse than if they had said nothing at all. Yeah. I was infuriated. I felt totally misunderstood. And I felt like they didn't really understand why I would have been offended because their intent was to, again, push their perspective. Right. Their intent was um, to talk about how they felt. Exactly. Instead of about how you felt. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, I see this in my office, too, especially when I'm working with couples where one partner will say, how many times do I have to say I'm sorry? We are still talking about this issue, mm-hmm. which, of course, leads me to ask now, what's going on here? Why? The words, I'm sorry, I think we're sort of brought up with, if we say please, if we say thank you, I'm sorry, those are sort of the, those are the um, pillars of good manners that right. we recognize right. if we've offended someone, but it doesn't really go beyond the words, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you can apologize without ever saying those two words Mm, if you can really zero in on how somebody feels or how that person was offended or their feelings were hurt a moment in therapy this past week where a wife came in and said you know i've been thinking what it must have been like for you uh during that period of time and how alone you may have felt when Mm -hmm. I was so focused over here Mm -hmm. and felt like my kids really needed me. Mm -hmm. And I could just see all the emotion well up in this husband's face, like, wow, she really stopped and thought about what that was like for me. And the words I'm so she did say, you know, I'm really sorry that I didn't, I wasn't able to be there for you, but it was embellished with all of these. I can imagine I tried to put myself in your Mm -hmm. shoes 
there were very empathic statements associated with recognizing mm -hmm. what his experience might have been like. Mm -hmm. And it was just so powerful to watch this emotional connection yeah. between two people who have actually been quite distant for quite yeah. some time. Yeah. It, it changed the whole vibe in the room. Yeah, I had a mother-daughter this week that did that. Um, and, oh, someone's phone is ringing. Oh, of course. It's Therapist Unplugged. <laughs> I just unplugged my phone. Okay, great. My, my apologies. <laughs> okay. Thank you for apologizing. Uh, so, so no, uh, no, I had a, I had a mom and daughter and there were, you know, a grown daughter, um, come in for family therapy with her parents and, uh, the ability for the mom who has been in a different dynamic, right. With this, with her daughter and to sort of re reinvent what it means to be a mother of an adult child and this adult child coming to you with the wounds that she felt, you know, growing up mm -hmm. and, and it took a little bit of work, but the mom got there where she could put down the excuses and the reasoning, which were all valid, right? I mean, as a parent, you get it. Like you're just trying to do your best yeah. and, and you didn't know at the time. And, but to get to a place where you can not explain yourself and just be in that other person's experience and say, sorry, um, what do you recommend? How, how does our listeners who maybe need to apologize, right? Um, how do they get to that place of vulnerability? What do you recommend, uh, first to get to a place where they can have empathy? Well, I would say, first of all, is, you know, think about what was going on for you at the time. Mm -hmm. Think about what you imagine the other person may or may not have gone through. Mm. Be curious. Mm. I think that's really important because we can make assumptions about other yeah. people yeah. or fill in the blanks where we're not sure. I don't think you really want to do that. Yeah. Um, it's funny you should ask that question, Corey, because I did a little bit of research and I thought, what, what, what's the word out there about apologies? Yeah. Because when I have couples in my office, I will slow everything down, I will stop, and I will say to the offending partner, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, mm -hmm. um, what is it that you understand about what his experience was like? Wow. And it's possible they don't really understand, yeah. you know, and then I might turn to the other partner and say, can you help them understand what that was like for you? Mm -hmm. And when they start to describe the hurt, mm -hmm. how it made them feel about themselves, what, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it could be a whole litany mm -hmm. of things, but when a partner actually listens to the mm -hmm. hurt, the pain, what's mm -hmm. difficult, then I might say, what did you just hear? What did you see? Mm. And I asked them to look, like look at your yeah, partner. Yeah, be the observer. Be the observer. And then I might say, what is it you think you understand now? Mm. And then they'll feed that back to their partner. Yes. Well, I can see how hurtful that was. Yes. Or I'm hearing it in a way that's different. I'm experiencing it differently. Mm. And I might say, geez, what was it? So then I might say to the other partner, what was that like for you to share how hurtful that was mm. and how painful it was? And so we kind of 
Yeah. You know, it's it's about that empathy. It's about focusing on the other person. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to defend yourself. Once you get in defensive mode, you're not even present. You're waiting to hear the thing you disagree with. Right. Right. And it it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. But if you can put yourself in that person's shoes just for a moment, you know, and say, gee, I really think, I, I don't know, I got the feeling that, you know, your feelings were hurt or yeah. something's going on. I can feel yeah. the tension. Tell me what's going on and make it all about them. Yeah, I try to remind um, the the listener of the complaint mm-hmm. um, that their job is to sort of take that helicopter view, right? To be the observer mm-hmm. um, and, and, and to remember how important this person is to them first. So... You know, like emotional intelligence for me is to be able to notice how I'm feeling as my partner's telling me that I wronged them or that I hurt them and realize that that is the last thing in the world that I would want them to feel from me. They are the absolute most important person in the world to me. So I wouldn't want them to feel. So my reaction is, oh, let me explain myself so you don't feel that way. But it doesn't take away the feeling. And so just to acknowledge you, I like basically mirror back to them how they feel. I, you feel betrayed. You feel abandoned. You feel hurt. And as a person that I love dearly, that breaks my heart. I would never want you to feel that way. And so just acknowledging that the defensiveness comes from a genuine place of concern for that person too. You don't want them to view you in a bad light. Well, I think also defensiveness can be can come from a place of wanting to explain ourselves, yeah. either because the behavior was mis- misunderstood or we feel guilty yeah. or, or, or we have some shame or we just feel really badly about what's happened and then we try to explain it away. Yeah. Um, which actually can come later. I think you can sort of say, hey, listen, you know what? I can imagine that was really, really hurtful. Can we talk about that? Because I feel terrible. And I really want to hear from you. And and sort of process it that way and then say, you know what? I can understand why you would feel that way. And I just had a shitty day. And I was in foul humor. And I was short. And I took it out on you. And uh, I feel really badly about that. Yeah. You know, and then that gives the other person also a little bit of context and understanding. You're right, it doesn't necessarily take away the pain. Right. But I think it gives a little bit more flexibility to the exchange for when sure. they understand for sure. know, what was going and on. And the next step that I that I talk to partners about after they acknowledge that, you know, this person is the most important, you're the most important person to me, and I would never want you to feel that way. I know I can't fix it all right now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe all of it's not mine to fix. But is there anything I can do right now to make you feel a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And so offer up um, the other person to tell you what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, give that responsibility yeah. back to them. It, do you need a hug? Do you need some space? Um, do you need some time with me? Mm-hmm. But what is it that I can do right now to make you feel a little bit better? Because mm-hmm. that's what I would love to do. Um, and so I think, you know, that kind of vulnerability is required 
and you really have to pop up out of the situation and not swing around with people's emotions, you know, um, and be offended that they were hurt, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> exactly. And you know what? We've hit, it's so interesting. Last night I did a little bit of research. Yeah, I thought, well, yeah, what do so other professionals like yeah. say? Uh, and so this was something I pulled from Psychology Today, which echoes pretty much the high points of what we've discussed this morning. For apologies to be effective, they have to be focused on the other person's needs and feelings, not your own. Mm -hmm. This fundamental misunderstanding of who should be the focus of the apology is the reason so many politician athletes and other celebrities sound blatantly insincere when offering them publicly. And why so many of our own efforts are ineffective, because we're not trying to make the other person feel better, we're trying to make ourselves yep. feel better. Yep. And then they give some some uh, some an outline of what should be included in an mm. apology. Mm. A clear I'm sorry statement. Mm. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. I, I might put that on hold. Uh, and, and don't say, I'm sorry you felt that way. Oh, my <laughs> God. See, look, that got a reaction out of me. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. An expression of regret for what happened. Mm-hmm. An acknowledgement that social norms or expectations were violated. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Um, I mean, I do, but, you know. This is, this is the one that I think is key, these next two. An empathy statement acknowledging the full impact of our actions on the other person. Mm. Or being curious yeah, exactly. I like about one. what they are. Yeah. And then a request for forgiveness. And yeah. sort of what you were saying is, what can I do to make this better? Is there anything you need from me right yeah. now? That kind yeah. of... Because sometimes... Yeah. Um, People, you know, it's it's relative to different people and what their experience is and what they get offended by. Yeah. And some people might not get offended by certain things and other people, you know, That's whatever. Right. So so it's it's important to understand intent, mm-hmm. you know, um, but then just apologize if they were hurt. But it doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad person or that you were trying to hurt them. Um, most of the time that's not the case, That's right. you know? Um, so it's not necessarily about if you would be offended by that. And I think I, I hear a lot of couples going, I just don't get it. I don't get why she's so upset about that. Why do I need to apologize? It's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be offended by it. Um, and so, but that's not the point. No, you know, that's right. That's right. Well, in summary then, Corey, I think we could say, Offering up an apology is an art. It is something that requires thought. There are components that should or could be included. Mm. The major takeaway is acknowledging how you imagine the other person must have felt. Even if you don't understand why it was offensive, or you may not have found it offensive, um, to be empathic and to be curious and to offer up a question and have a conversation yeah. and um, to keep the focus on that person. Yeah, sometimes I remind them, just pretend for a second that it's not about you. Mm. Just listen to it. If your spouse comes home and talks about this exact thing, but it was with someone else, you could yeah. probably have empathy and you can see it. But when it's about us, sometimes we have a hard time extrapolating our own feelings out of it exactly and then in closing I would just say this takes practice oh 
lifelong. This takes practice, different scenarios, different people, and so on. But if you ju if you take a risk to do something different, I promise you'll land in a better place. Mm. I'm glad we did this today. Me too. Yeah, let's okay. do it again soon. Yeah. Let's right. not wait so long. Yeah, let's not. Okay. <laughs> the Montfort Group aims to provide a serene, calming setting where you can feel challenged, supported, and motivated. Our skilled therapists bridge specialized backgrounds and varied philosophies together to create one unified strategy. Rather than steer you away from your own natural abilities, we help you maximize your unique strengths to uncover the boldest version of yourself. We do not view a broken history as the end of a story. We see it as an opportunity for a new beginning. To learn more about our practice and how we can help you, please visit us at themontfortgroup.com.